processes and tools do not innovate. Huh? I know I'm, I'm stating the obvious, but we tend to, to forget this. Processes and tools do nothing. They, they, they are here as a tool to help people and brain power to bring an idea to a product. But, but what creates innovation are human beings. They are not machines, they are not tools, they are not Excel spreadsheets. That was the voice of Robin Guillaume, Alstrom Munch's EVP for Innovation, Sustainability and Communication. Today I'll be speaking with him about innovation, what it means to our company, why it's so important and how we do it. I also catch up with Emily Picard and Patrice Blanc who work in research and development to find out more about the processes, products and people that exist behind the scenes when it comes to innovation at Alstrom Munch. So without further delay, I bring you episode two of our Culture Talks podcast. Roban, thank you for joining me today. I think it would make sense just to begin with, if you could give your, give a brief introduction about yourself and your role at Alstrom Munkshire. Sure. So I'm um, Robin Guillaume. I'm French. I'm uh, 44 years old. I've been with the company now uh, 20 years or so. And uh, my background is uh, paper engineering. So I went to a, to a school here in France, which specialized in, in this field. Uh, then I did a small MBA, then joined the company. I had various functions in the, in the company, sales, product management, marketing, BU. Uh, management and uh, business development, and then the latest uh, function that uh, that I'm taking is a, is a role at group level, uh, which is a, so EVP, executive vice president for sustainability, uh, communication, and innovation. And obviously, innovation is the the topic of today's podcast. How would you describe innovation in terms of? what it means to Alstrom Munkshire and why it is relevant to us as a company? For us, innovation mostly refers to the development of a new uh, new solution. And, uh, and for, for us, that means new fiber-based solutions because this is what uh, what we do. Um, and uh, but, but new can mean a lot of things depending on the, uh, on, on the market in which we play. Uh, new can be uh, can be better performance. New can be more sustainable. New can be uh, cheaper. Uh, it it all depends what uh, what the specific market segment is is is, uh, is looking at. So so really innovation for us is is about uh, trying to, to 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 come up with new solutions that meets the the, the future market needs basically. Uh, and it's super important because if, if you don't do that, uh, given the, the pace of change basically in the world and the competitive activity, basically if you don't do that, then there is a, a great risk that you, your, your product portfolio uh, become obsolete because it doesn't meet the, uh, the market needs. Customers don't want to buy it, uh, to make it simple. Uh, so if you don't do this, it's you can get into a situation basically where yeah your product offering is obsolete and you 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 have a declining sales and uh, and revenue for the company so it, it it's vital it has to be seen as a as a, as an investment into the future uh, innovation from my perspective okay and is it possible to explain how we innovate yeah so so the first thing is that the uh, 
the first thing is the, is about the organization of uh, is about the the way we deploy our uh, innovation R&D type of resources and here we have a setup which is uh, which is very simple it's that the, the vast majority of the innovation resources that uh, that we have in the group sits within the business um, so they, they are directly reporting onto the business and and these innovation resources have a very simple agenda it's to develop uh, the the product that these specific markets will need tomorrow for the BA. So it's a, it's a very uh, market-driven type of, in, uh, of innovation. Uh, the, the business decides uh, what innovation needs actually exist in their specific business. And then they build what is called a, 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 a product development portfolio, which is a portfolio of products, which have really only one goal to make it simple is to, 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 to reach the business objective that the specific business has. And this is this is the vast majority of the innovation resources that we have in the group. So very much a, a business driven uh, type of, a, uh, of, a, of approach. Then we still have uh, a, a small have uh, we, we have a small part of the organization uh, which is centralized. So group R&D type of setup, which uh, in, in our organization we, we call the Amtech. So for Alstrom Munjo uh, uh, technology. And, and here, the, the, the goal of this centralized organization is to, is to do two things. Uh, the first one is, to, is to, to, to bring a super high level of expertise in specific fields to support the BA innovation agenda. So, for example, if you're looking for uh, someone who has a super high level of expertise in terms of uh, analytical tools, for example, you need to really look into a substrate in a high level of details, understand the, 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 the chemical um, composition of something. Then you could do that at BA level, but it would be super inefficient because you need to have specific tools, specific um, uh, know-how to be able to do that. And it makes much more sense to have, to have it at group level with a super high level of expertise and the BA go and hire this expertise basically on a, on a, on a need uh, basis. Uh, and so they go to, uh, to group R&D and they say, well, we have this specific project for which really we would need your help to understand, uh, you know, what is this, what, how this product is made, what is the chemical composition of this, uh, of this, uh, of this product. Uh, we need to understand, um, yeah, really in a super fine detail, how, how this product uh, looks like. And, and, uh, and on this, they go to group, group does the analysis and, uh, and feedback to the team. And here it's really a, a support function. It's an, it's an enabler of, of, of innovation uh, that we provide at group level. So that's the first element that we try to do at group level. And the second thing really is to look into, um, uh, into new type of technologies because uh, uh, one of the limitations that you have when you go for a, a, a purely business-driven innovation is that you, you I'm not saying it's systematically, but typically you tend to focus on, on very short to medium-term type of uh, innovation. So you typically have in your portfolio, you have a lot of stuff which are quite tech, uh, tactical uh, and not necessarily strategical. Again, I'm not saying it's always the case, but there is a natural tendency to do that. Um, and, and the idea of this group R&D is also to, to, to have a, a pool of people that look into uh, maybe a further way into the future and also into new technologies. So uh, 
to, to make sure that we keep updated on what's going on outside the, the world that we know and we deal with on a daily basis in the business, to make sure that we try to, to understand uh, the, the world around us again and, 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 and maybe uh, seek for signals on emerging technologies that could be relevant to us and our customers uh, moving forward. And the last part, which uh, which is uh, which is on group R and D, which I forgot, is is to tr try to bring some uh, is to capitalize also on the on the, the the enormous the enormous amount of knowledge that we have in the company. Um, we we are exposed to a, a, a very wide range of applications, uh, and these by nature uh, develop a lot of know-how, and uh, and and there is clearly uh, an opportunity for us. To capitalize on the specific know-hows in specific pockets of the of the, the company, and to try to see to which extent this can be relevant to other parts of the organization. So we we try to do that as well in uh, in group R&D. I, I don't think we, that we that we we do that we run innovation in a very systematic uh, way across the company. Uh, in all transparency, but I don't necessarily see that as a, as a major issue, to be honest, uh, because in in some culture, in some business culture, or in in some uh, business ecosystem, uh, uh, the people will tend to be more structured, uh, will pay a lot of attention to the to the processes, while in other ecosystem, business ecosystem, and other culture, people will tend to to focus less. On the uh, on the on the process itself, on the tools itself, and uh, be, because they don't see that as a, as something that brings a lot of value, and and for me it's it's uh, th there is no good or wrong uh, in this. It, um, it, it's always a matter of of, uh, of balance. Uh, you can have uh, if you go into a system where it's it's super structured, then you you. Being structured becomes the goal. becomes becomes the goal, you, you, and, and you kill the innovation, the creativity into the system, because when you when you when you go into an innovation uh, project, more talking about you know disruptive type of innovation, uh, so something a bit uh, a bit more medium to, to long term. By definition, you have an area of uh, of risk, which is great. Otherwise, it wouldn't be uh, which it wouldn't be innovation. And, and there needs to be indeed a way to, to manage this properly and to reduce the amount of, uh, of risk uh, that you have as you go into, uh, into the, the project in uh, uh, moving forward. Yet, yet you need to allow freedom uh, in the, especially at the beginning of the, pro of the process to, to explore, also to fail, uh, because if you don't fail, that means you don't try. Um, to and, and this this can be this this is super important because this is where innovation uh, starts um, and and there is a, there is a risk that if you put a structure which is too stiff around this type of things and around this type of people basically innovation shuts down because because it's being too controlled so this is one one uh, one this is the limit of this system which is super structured but if you go on the other side of the, the spectrum where you have no structure whatsoever then then what you lose is efficiency is focus uh, people tend to do what they what they want to do because that that's relevant from their perspective while it might not be relevant from a business perspective um, uh, at, at a, if you took a, a helicopter view. So 
it, it's not ideal. Then in this type of environment, the, the truly innovating uh, people find it super fun uh, and do, they do a lot of innovation, but the struggle is to turn this into something that makes sense from a business standpoint. So it's not ideal neither. But the point is to say that it's uh, it, it's somewhere in the middle uh, that that the, the 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 truth is not the the right word, but the, that the that the sweet spot lies. It, it's not at the extreme, it, and the 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 superstructure way of doing things is not good in my view. And not having any structure is not right in my view neither. The the sweet spot is somewhere in the between, and it's also very cultural. And, and, and processes, and for me, it's one, one key point. Processes and tools do not innovate. Huh? I know I'm, I'm stating the obvious, but we tend to, to forget this. Processes and tools do nothing. They, they, they are here as a tool to help people and brain power to bring an idea to a product. But, but what creates innovation are human beings. They are not machines, they are not tools, they are not Excel spreadsheets. And, and this is super important to keep in mind because, because, uh, because the, the truly innovation, uh, the, the, uh, by definition also, the people that are super innovative, they, they, they are difficult to, to control. But that's by nature. If you ask someone who is super analytical to be creative, the guy is really going to struggle. Uh, but if you ask uh, on, on the country, if you have someone who is super creative to 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 put an Excel sheet together, the guy will hate it because that's not what he's, he's good at. And from my perspective, the uh, more than the the, the process, the, the the innovation ecosystem and the people that are in this ecosystem is more relevant. You need to have people. You need to put together people that are super creative and people that are not creative but are, that are more analytical and it's when you put these people together then you start to be in an area which is a sweet spot because the creative people are going to bring the, the creativity they are going to 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 they are going to get on the nerves of the analytical people and that's 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 okay and the analytical people are going to drive the, the creative people crazy and at the end, they will land together in an area which makes sense, because 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 this is a good uh, a good it's a very healthy conversation that you have typically between this type of profile, uh, and this is super more than the process, the Excel, the the the, the rational, the stage gate process. For me, this is this is a from a qualitative standpoint more relevant, uh, or actually maybe not more relevant, but it is super relevant uh, from this perspective. In, in my in my own experience that uh, that really when we we do something really innovative typically it takes the, these two profiles to work together you need to, you need to have people that are super creative and people that are super analytical and when you put them together then you have something that that, that actually start to materialize as a, as an innovation platform as an innovation uh, as a true innovation i.e something that is not an idea but something that has been turned to an idea, that, to something which is relevant for the uh, the end market, uh, and it takes really this this diversity of uh, of uh, behavior, of skills, to, to 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 do this. It's it's super important. Next up, I'm speaking with Alfred Munch's product development manager Patrice Blanc and R&D scientist Emily Picard. I begin by asking them to summarize their roles and explain how they work together to innovate. So thanks, Matthew. Uh, so I'm Patrice Blanc. Uh, I'm in charge of product development for the beverage uh, business unit. Uh, so I'm based in Pont-Evêque. 
Uh, I work uh, mainly with um, the Churnside plant in Scotland and uh, Winsolox in Connecticut. So we are dealing with uh, basically tea and coffee filter products. Uh, the technologies we, we have in hands are, uh, let's say, paper-like type of filters, so-called wet-laid non-woven, can be non-heat syllable and heat syllable, and also the, the spun-bond non-woven, um, the PLA line uh, in, in Scotland. So my job is to uh, put on a, develop a new designs, new products, um, and these days we are focusing on compostable solutions. Uh, so my name is Emily Picard. I'm uh, a scientist. Um, so I have a background in uh, polymer processing and uh, polymer chemistry. Um, I've been working with Alchemujo for 12 years now, so quite, quite a long time. Um, I'm based in uh, pont -Evesque. I am part of the what we're calling today the Amtec team. So. Uh, we are taking care of uh, R&D and we are supposed to work with all the BAs and BUs. Um, uh, but in practice, it's true that I'm working quite a lot with Patrice uh, for product development um, projects. Okay, and I guess, so you guys are part of the, you could say the research and development team and Emily, you are the, the research strand and Patrice, you are the, the development kind of the two sides of the same coin. I think that's a fair, a fair uh, statement, Matthew. If we pick again the, um, the beverage uh, product developments, um, whether it's for the Spunbone technology or wet laid, uh, we've We've launched on the market uh, a, a number of uh, compostable products, uh, leveraging especially on the PLA platform, so the polylactic acid uh, platform. This is a bioplastic, and Emily did a lot of work in upstream to understand how this biopolymer, this bioplastic, would spin. Could we make, could we come up with a spun bond on wovens made of PLA? And this is something we are now running on the Spunbone line in Chonsign in Scotland. So that's uh, some research work that we took to the, you know, to the industrial scale. And using the same type of bioplastic, we've also um, recently worked on the replacement of uh, oil-based plastics like polypropylene or polyethylene with PLA shortcut fibers in our um, it's syllable paper, so wet laid technology. So again, here it's about uh, learning more about spinability, thermal properties, stability, etc. The, the PL example is a good example to understand what we've uh, done, starting with the research work up to the development and the industrialization of uh, new products. I think, Patrice, on one of our, our previous call, you mentioned where we were talking about innovation and you described it as, a, uh, you, you talked about how a lot of people think of innovation as that kind of the end product or the, the aha moment, but there's this whole kind of process behind every design, everything that maybe the consumers are used to. And we're gonna talk a lot about coffee pods, which I think is a, a prime example. So what 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 is the situation now with uh, Alstromunctia's uh, 
coffee pods and we mentioned tea bags as well earlier. Um, where are we with uh, those kind of products at the moment? Right. Sure. So um, if you think about sustainability for products in general, it can be many, many different things. Uh, Bio-based content, recyclability potential, end of life, um, can be soil biodegradation, uh, compostability, etc. What really makes sense in the in the beverage industry for our customers and consumers the, is the end of life. What will what will we do? What will you do with the the coffee pod or the tea bag? Um, we've been asked to to work on this industrial compostable industrially compostable products, and this is where we are today. We have an offer. We have certificates that we can uh, we can use and leverage on, and our customers can leverage on those certificates. Then the question is, what's next? What's next is domestic composting, and that's part of the business unit strategy. Our 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 plan is to come up with the second generation of um, compostable tea and filter uh, tea and coffee filter materials, being ultimately. Uh, compostable in a backyard, in a garden. So we look for this home compostability uh, certification. If you think about coffee, this request is coming from our key customers in Europe, in North America, in almost all regions. Even though norms, legislation, and all of that are quite country-specific, the trend and um, the, the current developments are towards this Home compostable offer, and this is where we, this is where we need to come back to the, the R leg of the R and D. We need some yeah. <laughs> research because PLA is not the answer for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the reason why we installed in the backyard of uh, the research center the free composting unit to support these developments. Okay, so, so you're you're literally trying to compost the things that you're you're working on in the department in the backyard of the department but yeah we do we do yeah. and we collect the the waste from the canteen every day to fill the composting units earlier on you were talking about you know this um the, the innovation process i think if you think about it we talk about idea to an idea to a product that's a long process and you can, it's it's more or less of a funnel. You can actually start with tons of different ideas. The end goal is a home compostable functional product. Yeah, well, well, one important point is we'd like to have home compostable products, but without compromising all the other properties. So without compromising the mechanical properties, without compromising the barrier properties, uh, and so on. So that's really where the challenge is. I think we well, at this point regarding those home compost, uh, home compostable solutions and the, the, this uh, research work, we are. I think we have done most of the screening work. I think, Emily, in terms of uh, identifying alternative uh, bioplastics or biopolymers, alternative to PLA, we've been able to somehow figure out their potential for home compostability. So we have a yeah. few candidates that are, I mean, we think um, 
more more uh, efficient than uh, than PLA. Uh, then we are, we are moving to the next step towards more of the product development, starting to add to add to the specification. You know the all the physical consideration, stability of the pro product, mechanical, thermal. Um, on on top of uh, spinability and um, compostability. So yeah the the difficult part starts now yeah and what what kind of time frames are we talking here when you like like i said earlier people are aware of the most people are aware of the end product and completely unaware of all this work that goes in behind it you know how long does a process like this take for you and how long do you think there is still to go until there is a compostable uh for example coffee pod yeah. on the market I obviously I can't you can't make any promises here but like roughly. no but one of the limiting factor is, are really the composting tests uh, because we have to follow some standards and the tests themselves are likely to last at least six months the one thing we are trying to, to do still is to work out all those things in parallel rather than in sequence so yeah. we are already running some um, some composting tests to give us some some directions in terms of um, composting potential we keep on working on the biopolymers trying to solve some of the mechanical thermal issues we are facing we are planning trials uh, at different scales pilot industrial so if we were to work in sequence, I mean the the time frame would would be extremely long. But working in and that's we are we're trying to squeeze some time there. And that's also the reason why we are targeting several end products also at the same time. Uh, we spoke about spunbond, we spoke about shortcut fiber wet late. So uh, we can consider that the research we are doing today is a kind of generic one. We are developing some knowledge and um, that will be potentially applicable to different end products. Um, so at least that's yes. So you so you the, the work that you're doing now, although it might not provide the right answers for the project at hand, you're saying that that can be it goes very much into the learning process and could be very useful and specific to a future project that might not have even come about yet. Yeah, yeah. And that's the reason why also within the Amtech team, we we are trying to work with different BAs because what we're, uh, for example, I, I tried once one, what we're calling uh, uh, a specific biopolymer, which was found not to be spinable in spunbond, but in melblown. So it gave me the idea to use it for different applications, for example, for medical application. And so uh, it's very important to have this kind of uh, visibility on uh, several products from different business areas, um, just to better support them. And to, it, it's a kind of cross uh, communication between the different BAs because what we Sometimes they're up for one BA, even if it's not uh, it's not proven to be useful or perfectly efficient. Even if that's not the final uh, solution, 
the knowledge you've developed may be useful for another BA later on or for a different application. Yeah, a great example of knowledge sharing within the company, um, which is certainly very important for a, a global company like us spread across across the world. Mm. I just wanted to come back to a question I'm, I was meaning to ask you in the beginning, but I think it's maybe a, a good question to end on. And that is, what does innovation mean to you? Well, that's a, that's a good question. Um, if you're asking my point of view, I, I, I think um, uh, that it means to me that I should be both creative and uh, pragmatic. Uh, may it sounds like a bit uh, antagonist or contrary, but I think we should be creative because uh, we need to think differently, we need to be curious, and uh, that's great actually to have opportunity to do things that nobody has made before, so that's really where creativity stands. And of course we need to be pragmatic, uh, because when we are developing something new, uh, it needs to be scalable, it needs to have a commercial viability, uh, we need to take care or to think of the production efficiency, etc, etc. So I think those both adjectives, creative and pragmatic, are describing quite well how I see innovation. That's at least how uh, yeah. I see. Patrice, I don't know if you have a different uh, view or... No different. I think it's, uh, I'd say, Matthew and Emily, innovation is a core pillar, I think, for, for this company. Uh, in terms of the strategy and the, the, the vision, we, we are uh, fiber-based solution specialists. Uh, we want to bring to the market and to the, um, our customers um, more and more sustainable solutions. So obviously we need to be innovative. As I said earlier, there are multiple opportunities to uh, come up with more sustainable uh, solutions, fiber-based solutions. Again, in the, in the world of <clears throat> beverage, tea and coffee, um, innovation and sustainability means for us and for our customers, uh, compostable solutions. So, I mean, that's a great opportunity also to differentiate from competition and uh, I mean contribute to a more sustainable world all in all. So personally that's something that I really uh, like in, in my work and that's how I see my, my contribution through my job at Atsha Mungjo so that's uh, exciting. <laughs>